Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the mayor keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, and clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. When it comes to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Yes, yes, sir. We in the building live and direct after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are the building live and direct. Do not get it twisted, pretzeled up, or none of that nonsense. Actually, VR Network is in the building. All right? Hump day, Wednesday after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Um, it's me, man, the mayor, man, lefty nice, left-handed, however you want to give it up. You know how I do, man. Every Wednesday night from, you know, around 8-ish to 10 you know what I mean? We do it like nobody else does it, man, because everybody else talks about the same thing every single day. All right? I just got through having some lovely dinner, man, so let me live. Um, we got PBJ in the building, a.k.a. Pretty Bob James, a.k.a. Ubiquitous Bob James is in the house. Action VR Network all day long, baby. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass. I'm hyped to charge, as you could tell in, in the toner of my voice, man. Um, it's opening day tomorrow, all right? Let's clap it up for opening day, all right? It's opening day tomorrow, man. Um, I'm going to tell you something. It's one of my most favorite days of the year after my birthday and all that other stuff that I'm supposed to like, all right? Opening day, this year is going to be a little bit different, all right? Coming back from what everybody's coming back from and still dealing with, um, in regards to this pandemic, but still, it's going to be exciting. Um, we're going to talk a lot of baseball tonight. So if you want to talk football, go to the other spots. If you want to talk basketball, go to the other spots. We're going to get that in a little bit, and we're going to talk some hockey too. I got the NCAA tournament I want to talk about. Michigan, here we go again. Okay. Gonzaga's still rocking out. I, no, I got them. Steve, shout out to Steve. All right. Um, but yeah, man, we're going to talk baseball tonight. I'm going to do my division picks. I know I was supposed to do my previews, man, but I don't know, man. I just wasn't really feeling it this year, man. But I put all my in, in situations together, and um, this is what you're going to get, all right? So I want to give you the uh, after further review 2.0 MLB preview, division winners, wild cards, all that good stuff, World Series, all that stuff. All right, so that's what we're going to do, man. We're going to jump right into it, man. Um, some questions in regards to baseball because I'm excited about baseball, man. Um, not really um, jumping out the window with the Yankees, but we'll get into that later. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to, you know, teams that have not really been um, 
paid that much attention to who really made a, some serious strides in 2020. You know, I'm not going to take nothing away from the fact that, you know, it was a shortened season and things like that. But, you know, 60 games and 60 games. You still had to win them. You know what I mean? So, again, I think that um, this season is definitely going to be different because you're going to see a lot more injuries. I'm telling you that from the door. Don't act like, you know, this is going to be some new thing you've never seen before. Okay? There's going to be a lot of injuries. Um, I think that um, for the, maybe the first quarter of the season, some teams may go to four-man rotations. I'm not mad at that because you don't want to stretch the arms out. You don't go from throwing, you know, four or five innings to now trying to stretch these guys out. But then that's another story about how they coddle in these pitchers, but we won't get into that right now. All right. Um, are we going to get to see our favorite teams, you know, in person at the ballpark this year? Um, in Texas, you will. You sure will. They're planning on having 40000 for opening day, so I want to see how that's going to look. Um, I think that a team like, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, they're not going to be able to be at home. They haven't been at home two years. All right? Um, they're going to start the regular season in, in uh, Dunedin, Florida. All right? That's where they play the spring training games at. So I think that um, when, you, when you have, you know, um, fans in the game, in the ballpark, that we are learning now that the fans make the game. And we said that last year, Bob, okay, when this COVID thing was first going down, the fans make the game. The dudes are just running around the court, running on the field, running on the diamond, doing what they do. But the fans make the game. Um, I think that, you know, players are going to be, you know, excited to have, you know, fans back in the park, whether, you know, at 10%, 20%, 15%. You know, or 100% with like it's going down in Texas. So I think it's going to be an exciting season, man. You know, looking forward to that and um, how, how the players are going to react. Um, you know, dealing with the COVID 19 thing, and it's already, you know, um, struck the Washington Nationals. Okay, I don't know if you heard the Washington Nationals um, had players test positive for COVID 19. Okay, um, I had an opening day, man. So, um, they play the Mets, you know, they were supposed to play the Mets, you know, tomorrow, um, five players, four players and one staff member, okay, um, tested positive for COVID-19 in the Washington Nationals. So those five players are being quarantined. Um, the players have not been named yet. I think that's a, you know, for me, I think that's a good thing. Not, don't name the players yet. You know what I mean? It's, none of, it's nobody's business. You know what I mean? Let them handle what they have to handle in regards to dealing with this situation. And then, you know, let them be, let them have, be, have some peace. You know what I mean? So um, I, don't, I don't really, you know, disagree with them not naming who the players were. But um, just make sure that they, you know, they get, they get right, get them quarantined, and get them back on the field so they can play for the Washington Nationals. So we'll probably find out who those five players are probably sometime late tonight or definitely tomorrow when the lineups and, and the rosters you know, are announced and stuff like that. So we'll definitely find out tomorrow. So, again, at the end of the day, man, um, it's here we go. Here we go. You know what I mean? So um, it's a long season. Um, shout out to, um, you know, everybody that's, that's, that's playing, the people who, you know, decided not to play. Um, the, the the rules are still you know um, in effect that like last year um, there'll be seven inning double headers 
Runners are going to start on second base and extra innings, which I think is crazy. But I think, you know, that's what you got to do. I, I, I think that, um, you know, let's let's deal with it for this year and the next year. Let's get rid of that. All right. Um, provided that there's no work stoppage. Okay. Because the, uh, the MLB CBA expires on December 1st. So, um, you know, this might be um, the last baseball that we get for a while. So, um, you know, the world is topsy-turvy. Everything is, you know, upside down, inside out. Um, everything is bizarre world. But um, we're going we're gonna to make it happen some kind of way. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass is the name of the show. Um, the universal designated hitter and the expanded playoffs. I think that when you talk about the universal DH, you know, I've been, you know, I, I, I was, you know, around in 1973, Ron Bloomberg was the first um, designated hitter ever. Um, it's, it's extended careers, and why not have it in the National League? But for me, I'm going to keep it real with you. I, I wasn't really a fan of having both, you know, leagues have a DH because I wanted, you know, you, you, you could differentiate between the American League and the National League. American League, you manage different in those games because you have designated hitters. National League, you don't. That baseball, National League baseball, real baseball. So that was, that, that was why I appreciated having one league, having a designated hitter, and another league didn't, you know, because it, it, it made you manage different. Um, teams were built different, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's why I appreciated that. But um, as far as, um, you know, this year, um, again, you know, the union, they definitely, you know, the players union, they definitely want to, you know, the designated hitter. And I think, you know, for safety and common sense reasons, uh, Major League Baseball should too. Um, the pitchers have not picked up bats in over a year. So, you know, again, we already talked about, you know, um, from the beginning of the show um, in regards to, you know, um, players getting hurt in baseball. That's definitely going to happen. The injured reserve list is going to be filled up this year. Trust and believe. And I'm telling you now, you hate to say it, but it is what it is. You deal from a reality perspective. Um, I think that when you talk about, you know, the playoffs, you know, I mean, you know, the more the merrier. You know, the more the merrier. That makes it exciting for teams that, you know, usually, you know, out of it by, you know, you know June, July. Now they have something to look forward to. They see their name in the paper as far as the wild card is concerned. So it's exciting. Um, is there a particular team to keep an eye on this year? A lot of people talk about the Chicago White Sox. Where with Eloy Jimenez tearing up his pectoral muscle, doing some I, – I, I don't want to say it was dumb – but, again, again, you playing baseball. You out there to play. You out there to try. You out there to do your best. So I'm not mad at Eloy Jimenez, man. He tore his pectoral muscle. He's probably going to be out for the year. Um, that was a big, you know, um, component of what the White Sox are going to do this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, outside the fact that Tony La Russa is, is, is coming back to the team that he started his managerial career with back in 1979, um, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I believe, when, you know, whether he was going to be able to, um, you know, um, meet the new age player halfway or whether the new age player even going to be able to listen to what Tony LaRusso has to, you know, impart as far as, you know, managerial expertise and, and being a leader. And I think that um, that has to be an important part of it. You know, I like Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso, everywhere he goes, he's win. St. Louis. Oakland A's, Chicago White Sox, 
So I, I respect Tony LaRusso. Um, he hasn't been here around in 10 years. Um, and the White Sox now just have to go out there and, and play, you know, competitive, you know, championship baseball now. Okay? If, if it doesn't work, you can't blame it on Tony LaRusso. You know, I mean, analytics play a big part of the thing, but I think, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, go with what you know. And I think that's what Tony LaRusso is going to bring. And plus, he was ahead of the curve. If you remember, if you go back in baseball like that, he was ahead of the, the curve with the analytical thing. So it's not, you know, beyond his scope of, of, of reality to deal with, you know, analyticals and have people talk to him about what could possibly happen in, 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 uh, in, in, in the same frame of having his managerial, you know, from the gut, you know, expertise and what he would do, you know, in, in, in particular situations. So, uh, again, a lot of people are going to watch the Chicago White Sox, man. I think, and, and I think that's a good thing for them because they've been on the cusp for a couple of years now. But then that, you know, the Minnesota Twins, okay, they, they're, they're a team in that division, man, where I think they're taking a, a little step back, but we'll get into that later on. Um, how good would the Dodgers be? All right, they're, they're, they're the defending World Series champions, first time since 88. Um, they added Trevor Bauer, you know, and I think a lot of people are trying to make the Dodgers out to be like big bullies. Um, but I think I like a team that's, that plays a little bit south of Los Angeles, a little town called San Diego. We're going to talk about that later. The Padres are the truth. We'll talk about that later. Um, the biggest trade of the winter, Nolan Arenado. You know, he, he wanted out of Colorado bad. And uh, they traded him to the St. Louis Cardinals and for basically nothing, to tell you the truth. And um, if they don't get, if the Cardinals don't get a World Series out of this, you know, it'll, it'll be a waste. I think Nolan Arenado is, is what they needed at third base. So him and Goldschmidt, they got the corners locked down in St. Louis. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, remember we talked about the collective bargaining agreement? That is going to expire on December the 1st. Um, keep that date in mind, yo. The league and the union, they don't like each other. Let's keep it real. That's what we do over here. We keep it really thorough with you. Nothing to hide, nothing to sugarcoat, none of that other stuff. We ain't trying to sell you no dreams. Um, Major League Baseball and the Players Union, they don't like each other. They don't trust each other. And I think that um, they can't even really agree on the stuff that they agree on, if that makes sense. Um, the free agency situation only, you know, made their differences, you know, um, that much, you know, more pronounced. Um, I think that, you know, when you talk about teams and their payrolls, only five teams are going to have a higher payroll than they did last year, which, you know, makes sense. It's not really a big thing, but oh well, it is what it is. Um, when you talk about some players and, and some things that might happen this season, we're going to go into a couple of things of that nature. We're going to talk about the players who relocated. We're going to get into the divisions. We're going to get into everything and all of that. I got you. And we're going to slide in, okay, the uh, final four, and I got you. I got you covered, all right? We're going to be here. We're in the building. We're chopping it up. We're talking baseball right now. 954 is the mathematics if we want to get in on the situation. That's what we're doing. Don't be scared to talk some baseball, man. Um, you know what I think is going to happen this year? I think a San Diego Padres pitcher is going to throw a no-hitter. 
San Diego Padres, the only franchise in baseball that never recorded a no-hitter. The New York Mets. That no-hitter, Johan Santana, that was not a no-hitter. That ball hit the line. But we'll, we're not really going to talk about that. All right. Um, the Padres have you, Darvish, who you know if you follow this show. Uh, that's my guy. And they added Blake Snell from Tampa Bay. So this rotation is talented. It's young. And they got um, this kid coming named Mackenzie Gore. All right. He is going to, um, you know, be a problem. And if they call him up, I think that the Padres are going to give the Dodgers so much, so much, so much heat. But we'll talk about that later on. Um, I think that the Padre, a Padres pitcher will throw a no-hitter. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that Francisco Lindor signs that extension, but I don't know. If, if he hasn't done it yet, you say he's not going to talk about it past opening day. All right? Um, I think that that puts a little damper on the season, you know, as far as expectations are concerned, because now you're going in the limbo now. You know what I mean? Because another team can, you know, jump in the building and, and, and you know, Francisco Lindor says he wants to play here. So um, Steve Cohen, who's the new uh, Mets owner, he got bread on top of bread, on top of biscuits, on top of pancakes, on top of cornbread, on top of all of that. He got major dough. So I'm I'm hoping and thinking that, you know, if the Mets – Francisco Lindor would have signed the extension before, you know, opening day, which is tomorrow. I think the Mets fan would, you know, go into the season and seasons, you know, um, going forward with a, you know, sense of pride. Like we have our, our, our guy, this is our guy, you know, but oh, well, um, I'm thinking about Mike Trout. Nobody knows who Mike Trout is outside of California, and if you're like a baseball a, a baseball fan, um, this guy, you know, he had 45 home runs, which is a career high for him two years ago. Okay, which was too short of Troy Glouse and his club record. Remember Troy Glouse for the Angels? Um, I think that if Mike Trout can hit 50 home runs this season, the Angels will make the playoffs. They may just win the division. Because the Angels got some things going on. We'll talk about that later. Um, I don't think any managers will be fired this year. I, I just don't think, I don't think that, you know, anybody's going to be on the hot seat. If they, you know, they're rehiring dudes that they suspended for life. A.J. Hinch got a job. Alice Cora is back. So how does that go look? They're going to turn around and fire somebody after they rehire these dudes. So I, I think that um, I don't think they're going to fire any managers this season. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Atlanta Braves being the only National League East team to reach the postseason. Um, the Mets, Washington, you know, um, they may have something to say about that. I um. Some players switched teams during this offseason, uh, most notably Francisco Lindor. I, um, the Mets had him in the trade in Cleveland back in January. I think that um, Lindor is going to be – he's in the dream market, okay? Um, you know, he's with a team that, you know, is trying to get his first World Series title since 1986. Um, Lindor is a perfect situation for the Mets. He's a, he's a free spirit. He's a switch hitter. Um, again. He's going to do his thing. I think that $300 million is where the, the money line starts for him. 
Okay, three hundred million is where the money line starts for him. And I think that Steve Cohen, in all his you know infinite wisdom, I think that you know it should have worked out a deal. And I think that you know that the, the the ball is in Francisco Lindor's court now. He goes out there has a great season. The Mets do numbers, and now you know he's going to really want to break the bank. And then you know that that, that are, you know just you know prove that Francisco Lindor bet on himself and won because he wanted to sign the extension. They want to seem like they want to do it, but something's you know keeping that from happening. Another big uh, addition to a team, George Springer. He left the Houston Astros to go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, George Springer, three-time All-Star. Um, a lot, of, you know, he was, you know, the Mets had their eyes on him um, since 2014. He's been one of the league's better leadoff hitters, you know, ranking second in home runs, third in RBIs, and fourth in hits. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays have a serious, serious lineup, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, Corey Kluber, okay. Um, again, you know, he's going through some injuries and things of that nature, hoping that he can get back to his, you know, Cy Young form. Um, for the Yankees, and um, again, the Yankees are going to have their situation going on with them, but Corey Kluber has to be one of the guys that really show up for the um, New York Yankees this year. Uh, we talked about Nolan Arenado. We talked about Trevor Bauer. Um, Kyle Schwarber, okay, he um, better himself and, and, and went to the Washington Nationals, leaving the Chicago Cubs. He had a really, really you know difficult season last year, hit 188. After he, you know, from 2017 to 2019, he averaged 31 home runs. You know what I mean? But, again, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of, like, gauge somebody's, you know, career or status or where they are as a player from what happened last year. I don't think a lot of these guys' heads were even in the game. You know what I mean? They were worried about, you know, whether they're going to, you know, pop positive on a COVID test. So, again, man, um, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, we're getting basically a fresh start. That's why I'm excited for this baseball season in particular, um, you want to see how, you know, Trevor Bauer, you know, is going to respond, you know, um, doing his thing now, you know, being one of the top pitchers, top personalities in, in Major League Baseball. Okay, um, you know, won the Cy Young Award last year. He signed for three years, $102 million. Okay, um, again, his, his, you know, his strikeouts, you know, he has the most strikeouts from 2018 to 2020. Okay, 574, um, which actually is the fifth most in baseball. Okay, but again, his addition makes the Dodgers, you know, they're, you know, a serious favorite in the National League West, even with, you know, Clayton Kershaw not pitching, you know, at, at his usual top form because he's been getting rocked in spring training. I saw that. All right. Um, let me see. What else we get to talk about as far as the, uh, the 2021 Major League Baseball season. You know, Tony La Russa, we talked about that, you know, and how, you know, he's going to be a uh, a manager where people are going to respect or name value alone. But I think that, um, you know, he's got a good team. He's got a good team. So if they win, you know, the division, it won't be because of him. It won't be despite him. If they lose the in, in the playoffs, it won't be despite him. I think that the Chicago White. The Sox have a very, very good team, and um, they can make some things happen, and um, I hope that they do, and we'll talk about that in a minute. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Real quick, man, before we get into our Major League Baseball preview for 2021, I want to talk about the final four. Um, I still got Gonzaga, so one of my teams is still in the tournament, man. But, um, 
you know, we were having a talk last night, man, before the games last night about Michigan. And I looked at Michigan and I said, you know what? Um, the way that Michigan plays, you know, you really don't know which Michigan team is going to show up. And not, not and, and that's not a knock on Jawan Howard or nothing that, you know, they just, you know, got beat by a, a UCLA team that really didn't have anything to lose. That kid, Johnny Johnson, John Zanga, the transfer from Kentucky, really does numbers, okay? So when you add a, a kid like that who transferred from Kentucky, all right, to UCLA, you get somebody that, that, that's really, really special, and he's, and he's proving his dominant. He scored over 50% of their points last night, <clears throat> if not more, all right? Um, so the final four is set. We've got Gonzaga, who will play UCLA. And you got the Baylor Bears, who play the Houston Cougars. All right. So you've got teams that, you know, are from, you know, basically, um, you know, same region. You know, UCLA, California, Gonzaga, and Washington State. Houston and Texas, Baylor's in Texas. So, um, you know, familiar situations. And um, I'm excited to see this Final Four. I want to see if Houston, you know, their size and size can deal with Baylor and how Baylor, <clears throat> if they can finish the job, if they can get to the, if they can get to the NCAA, you know, the championship game. And, again, Texas is, is very well represented in, in the Final Four, man, and I think that's a great thing. And, um I don't know about you. I don't see any um, Big Ten teams in the uh, Final Four. How many? Did, how many teams are the big, the, from the Big Ten started out in this tournament? Like fifteen of them. But um, yeah, man, I think that again, you know, this is a hard thing to predict. Um, you you have a lot of situations where people, you know, figure that you know Gonzaga may get knocked off, and I think Gonzaga's on a mission. Uh, but now I think this is these are the important games right now. You know, um, you talk about a, a team like Baylor, uh, for example. Um, they have that trio of Davion Mitchell, ACO Teague, and Jared Butler can really, really do some things, man. And uh, I think that um, what, what what they can bring into that matchup against Houston um, is going to really, you know, um, pressure bus pipes. you got an irresistible force against an unmovable object, all right? Um, the Cougars are one of the best defensive teams in the country, all right? And um, they can make you miss three-point three point shots, all right? Um, Baylor's got a kid named um, Mark Vitale, Mark all right? Um, I think that Baylor's bringing something to the party. Houston's defense is going to get tested. Um, I think that, um, you know, Baylor is going to be able to, you know, score, but not the way they want to score against this defense. Houston, Houston is going to pressure the ball um, the whole, you know, up and down the court, the whole 94 feet. And um, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how um, Baylor responds to that pressure. All right. Um, Gonzaga, I think, you know, um, you know, they, 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 they beat the brakes off of USC, which is probably expected. You know, they beat them 85-66. Um, you know, is pressure on Gonzaga? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think it shows in the way that they're playing. I think, you know, the way that they're playing now, Gonzaga, is kind of like, you know, they put their foot on the gas and, and, and they don't let up. 
you know. So I think that, you know, they have to do this, you know, two more times, and they'll be the first undefeated you know, national champions since uh, Indiana. And I think that that will really um, put the, the, the bow on the package for Mark Few. You know, as close as he's gotten, as many times as he's got here, you know what I mean, he's never really been able to cut down the net on that Monday night. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um, this is, you know, some people say this is the best team. Um, this is the best chance to do it. We'll see. Now you're in the Final Four. So I think, you know, there's no excuses for Gonzaga. But I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for um, UCLA. But I think that they have the, the heart to, 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 to rock with Gonzaga. If they can keep Gonzaga, you know, close, and that's the thing, because Gonzaga is like they they're like running through this tournament. And that's why I said they're not playing with any, you know, type of pressure on it. And then they're not thinking about it. And I think that's the best thing. Don't think about it. Just go out there and play your game. When when you start thinking about what could happen or what might happen, then you start, you know, you start getting tight. And I think Gonzaga, they showed in in in, in the way they played throughout throughout this tournament. Really throughout the season, but you know the season is it was, was the stepping stone to get to where we are now. You know what I mean? So I think that um, you know Gonzaga is going to get the job done, and um, we'll talk about that um, and, and get it popping, man. As we as we get closer to the final four, which is going to take place on Saturday. All right. After further review, two point oh, aka the sideline pass. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and we come back. Twenty twenty one MLB preview. All right. Myself, PBJ, a.k.a. Pretty Bob James. We're going to talk some baseball on the other side. Let's get it. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. 
Please don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at freedomlake.com slash gratefulheartphotography or heroes.app slash pages slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Hi, I'm Jonathan Clark, one of the most known voices in all of professional wrestling radio, here today to talk to you about a very important cause, autism. Autism is one of the world's most serious diseases and can affect us within all age demographics. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, autism can sneak up behind you and change your life and the way you perceive it to be for all eternity. Autism can affect the way we talk, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we look, and how other people tend to look at us in this very cruel world we're being brought up in. That's why I'm reaching out to you today, encouraging you to log on to AutismSpeaks.org to make a donation and offer your help in finding the cure for autism. AutismSpeaks.org will offer you some very helpful information on how you can play just a small role in finding a cure for one of the world's most serious diseases. I myself know many people who have been affected by autism throughout the years, and it's time we all come together and find a cure for this very frightening disease. I'm Jonathan Clark, the most attractive man in all of internet radio, telling you that you can make a difference. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dreamin'. 
You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomwake.com slash tie-dyeanddreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dyeanddreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Up in the sky! Look, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK.
Yeah, um, we back in the building, man. Check this out. Make it do what it do on a Wednesday night. Listen, um, I would be remiss if I left out the women. All right, they're final for a set, so I definitely want to get into that. You know what I mean? So um, as much as I'm a fan of Dawn Staley, and I watched her her entire career, man, from, you know, back at Temple to now being the head coach at South Carolina, you know, um, she does what she does. I think she's a great individual. I think that she's a great person. I'm a big fan of Dawn Staley, man. I was a proponent of Dawn Staley, you know, interviewing, at least getting an interview or look for the Sixers job. That's where I was at with it. You know what I mean? If none, but that's another story. We can talk about that later. Um, South Carolina, okay, they, you know, really gave Texas the business I in 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 their um elite eight game to get to the final four, um they didn't give up any points to Texas in the fourth quarter. They made Texas miss twenty straight shots. Okay, um South Carolina, um you know did did their thing. You know South Carolina always has you know um scorers. Shout to Zia Cook. Shout to Destiny Henderson. Victoria Saxton. You know um I think that when you when you have a team like South Carolina, man that can really, you know, shoot and play a little defense. You know, I think that um, it's going to be, uh, you know, a hell of a final four. I mean, shout out to, to, to UConn. You know, they did what they did um, against Bell. They got away with murder. Yes, they did. UConn got away with murder. The women got away with it. They got away with it. They got away with it. They got away with it. I'm telling you, that girl got fouled on that shot, Period. I don't want to hear about, yo, they was fouling each other throughout the whole game and this and that. I don't want to hear that. I, shout out to my to my man, Malcolm Buzzy. Hey, shout out to him. We talked about this earlier today. I was like, man, listen, I'm not trying to hear that. Okay? Everything that happened up to that point got them to that point right there. And if that was if that would have been the, 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 the young lady from UConn, Paige uh, Buters, I think her name is, that definitely would have been a foul. So what are we doing? So UConn gets away with murder. Okay, they defeat uh, Baylor 69-67. All right. Um, now they move on to, to, to the Final Four, um, which is going to be very, very exciting and very interesting. Stanford, you got the Stanford Cardinal uh, playing against South Carolina, and you got Arizona, all right, the Wildcats playing against UConn. So I think that's going to be a very, very interesting uh, Final Four on Friday night. Um, lock it down. After further review, says South Carolina and UConn will be playing for the national championship on Sunday. Lock it down. We'll talk about it next Wednesday night, all right? This is after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, and it's time now for the 2021 MLB preview. We're going to start out this season, man. Right now, man, um, just looking forward to baseball in its entirety. You know what I mean? 162 games, let's get it popping. Um, understand that this sport, outside of all the other sports, is really and truly a marathon. Six months, every day. Somebody's going to get COVID. Somebody's going to get hurt, pull a hamstring, break an arm, break a foot get suspended for something stupid. This is what we got to look forward to. All right? But again, at the end of the day, between...
you know, all of that is going to be some baseball being played. Um, I want to start out this year, man, with the preview in the National League, man. Um, when you talk about the National League East, you got, you know, a lot of teams that um, people respect, you know, teams that are on the come up, teams that, you know, people are still waiting to, you know, fulfill some kind of, you know, um, I don't want to say prophecy, but some kind of, you know, their, their, their destiny, you know. And when you talk about a team like that, um, you talk about the Atlanta Braves. We all know the history. We all know the history about the Atlanta Braves. But now, this year, we're going to just, from our perspective over here, after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, we're going to look at it as a fresh start. We're not going to worry about what happened last year, what happened two years ago. We're not going to worry about that. We got 162 games. Get us to October, and then we'll talk about it then. But when you talk about right now, the Atlanta Braves, man, their um, most important aspect of this season needs to keep their rotation fresh. Okay? Um, they're starting off behind the eight ball with Mike Sabaka, who's still recovering from a torn Achilles. Okay? Um, but this team still has enough. To, to fill in, and um, again, the kid Ian Anderson, who really pitched well in the postseason, but um, hasn't really pitched, you know, a lot of innings in major, you know, on the major league level. Um, he could do what he does, but I think that um, again, as long as he can keep this team afloat offensively, you already know what it is. Freddie Freeman, my favorite player in the league, um, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. This team is loaded, and I think the Atlanta Braves can, you know. Um, win a division. It won't be, you know, a cakewalk. But I think at the end of the day, they'll win the division by a nice, uh, a nice, a nice margin. Um, talk about the Miami Marlins. They made the playoffs last year. You can't say nothing slick about the Miami Marlins. Shout out to Don Mattingly. They made the playoffs last. Year. Shout out to Derek Jeter. Shout out to the Miami Marlins for <clears throat> hiring Kim Nay as, you know, uh, the general manager of the squad. That's, that's dope. Um, I think that they have a perfect mix of veterans and young players, man. Um, if they, you know, give this, you know, young rotation that they have um, some confidence, um, you know, um, the kid Sandy Alcantara, um, he, he did his numbers, man. Uh, you, you know, he won three games last year, but he still did his numbers. I think when you get – um, a team that has, again, young arms. There's nothing that that's going to stop these guys. And then you have, you know, veterans in, uh, in the lineup, up and down the lineup, you know, uh, uh, Miguel Rojas, Jesus Aguiar, Corey Dickerson, Stalin Marte. You know, all these guys really, you know, did their thing. You know, Adam Duvall, he had 16 home runs last year with Atlanta. So I think that um, the Miami Marlins are going to be some – you know, a problem. They're going to be a thorn in some team's side, just like they were last year, because nobody saw them coming. And they're putting together something nice down there, and I'm not mad at it. Um, the New York Mets, I think that, you know, they should have, If I, hopefully if they did, that's a great thing. If they didn't, you know, I think that, you know, puts a, a little, um, you know, sad spot on this season for the Mets by not, you know, getting – Lindor signed to that extension. Um, but I believe at the end of the day that, you know, something, you know, will happen. I think we'll, they'll get, you know, Francisco Lindor um, what he wants, and, and, and I think the Mets will have a foundation um, to build on from years to come. Um, 
I think that this Mets team, the last couple of years, they've had very, very good lineups, very talented, up and down the lineups. Defense is where the Mets have to get better at. And I think that they've got Francisco Lindor up the middle, and now catcher Jane, they added James McCann, a catcher. Um, they're definitely going to have to be better, definitely better defensively. And with those two guys right there, I think they'll, you know, especially up the middle, those guys, you know, should be a, a little bit better and that influence should rub off on, you know, youngsters like Jeff McNeil, uh, you know, the Peter Alonzo's of the, of, the, of the world and things of that nature. But I think the Mets are going to be good. Um, are they going to win 90 games? I don't think the Mets will win 90 games. That's going to be the problem. They're going to lose a lot of games in this division. That's going to be a problem. But we'll talk about that later on. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies, they're one of those teams that people – you know, expected to do some things. You know, Joe Girardi, you know, he, he's down there. They got, you know, Bryce Harper, you know, doing what he does. You know, they added Ramuto. Um, they got some, you know, Didi Gregorius at shortstop. They got some arms. Um, again, I think when you talk about the Philadelphia Phillies, they're that team that, you know, um, when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're really bad, and it's unexpectedly bad. This team shouldn't be bad. That's how good they are, if that makes sense. This team shouldn't be bad. Um, the kid, Zach Eflin, um, he's coming off his best season, man. Um, I think that he's going to be a solid number three behind Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Uh, again, you know, he's going to have to average more than, you know, five and a half innings um, to, to, to really get confidence in this Philadelphia Phillies um, organization, but I think he can do it. But, um, again, the – a National League East man, um, don't sleep on the Washington Nationals. That's all I need you to do. They signed Josh Bell and they signed Cal Schwarber, right? Um, I think that, again, those signings are kind of indicative of we're not even going to consider 2020. We know what you guys have done in the past. We know what you, you know, can are capable of doing. Um, they add those guys to – a, a, a big three of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, um, the pitchers, and they added John Lester from the Chicago Cubs. So I think that, um, you know, even that they, they, they you know, Anthony Rendon with the, the, the Angels after 2019, they still have um, the makers of a championship team. Even, you know, Adam Eaton, he was on the team. He was that emotional guy, always crashed into the fence. He got, you know, hurt or whatever, but, you know, he's now with the White Sox. You know what I mean? Um, Howie Kendrick retired. All right. Um, Ryan Zimmerman, you know, he's he's back. But, you know, I think that um, he's going to be like a player off the bench. So I think Washington is going to be a team that's good enough, but not good enough if you get what I'm saying. All right. Um, let's move to the National League Central. Okay. When you talk about the National League Central, it's, it's only really one team in the National League Central to talk about. That's the St. Louis Cardinals. And, again, I think the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, uh, you know, they could be my favorite team if I was, you know, a National League dude like that. The St. Louis Cardinals could be my favorite team. You know, my aunt, she used to like the Cardinals. But I think that um, <clears throat> they're always in the mix, always. They upgraded with Nolan Arenado, okay, um, we're going to see what he does now in a in, in a bigger ballpark, you know what I mean? Even though, you know, Coors Field was, a, you know, uh, a home run haven, you know, we'll see what, you know, Nolan Arenado does now in, in St. Louis. I think that um, the Cardinals are going to be 
one of those teams that have win, you know, 90-plus games. Um, but it's going to be in the playoffs where they have to, you know, show and prove because the last couple of years, you know, they've kind of flamed out. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, man, you know, they just have to find some offense. Um, Gregory Polanco has got to stay healthy, okay? They've got to, you know, get some, you know, um, some more work and some, some good quality work out their bullpen. I'm looking forward to seeing Kip Brian Hayes. Okay, that, that youngster that they have, he's really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, man, they just added Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay, to go along with your Yelich in left and Lorenzo Kane in center. Um, they added Colton Wong from the St. Louis Cardinals to play second base. Um, I think that when you when you talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, they're a team that, you know, they're like, what do you want to do? You want to be good or you want to watch the Cardinals, you know, continue to you know, dominate the division, okay? Because I think, you know, the Cubs and, 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 and you know, things of that nature, they're, they're falling back. Cincinnati, those guys are taking steps back. I think this is the, you know, time that, you know, now that um, a team like Milwaukee, who people really liked and were really good, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it's, it's either it's sink or swim for them now. And when you talk about the Cincinnati Reds, you know, that's another team. You know, um, they're going to be without, you know, their, one of their top guys. So, Sonny Gray is going to be missing for the beginning of the season. Um, they invested heavily into their offense prior to last year. And, um, you know, they, they got swept out of the postseason against Atlanta without even scoring a run. Okay, they didn't really make any major additions. So, they're really, really counting on trying to get good from within. Um, they they re-signed uh, Nick Castellanos and Mike Moustakis. Okay, um, remember the kid, I think he plays third base, Suarez, he has shoulder surgery. <clears throat> so he's coming, you know, coming off of dealing with that. So, you know, Cincinnati's probably going to take, you know, a step back before they do anything forward. It's forward moving. The Chicago Cubs, um, <clears throat> they've had their run. I think it's going to be back to, you know, the dark ages in Chicago for the Cubs, man. Um you know, remember, you know, they made the playoffs five times in six years. They won a World Series. Um, they've got those guys, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez. Those guys are up for free agency after this year. Um, I'm looking forward to Anthony Rizzo um, being the New York Yankee. You heard that first. I think the Yankees are, you know, are looking at Anthony Rizzo. Put something together and get Anthony Rizzo over to the Bronx. Um yeah, man, I think, the you know, the Cubs, if they're, you know, doing their due diligence, they know they're going to get something back for, you know, um, you know, Rizzo, Baez, Chris Bryant. They tried I think they were trying to, you know, trade Chris Bryant during the offseason. It didn't work out. But I think those guys are going to be free agents, and they're going to get something back from them. They better. All right? The National League West, um, San Francisco Giants, you know, they're an afterthought, basically, I think. When you talk about the National League, man, you just want to, you know, uh, have a nice return out of Buster Posey because he chose to opt out of the 2020 season, all right, um, after his, his um, twin girls were born prematurely. So hopefully that the Giants will do some things, man, and Buster Posey can help them um, kind of get some respect in that National League West because we remember what they did, all right. Um, San Diego Padres, um, look at them, and you say, Wow, they're a team on the come up. They got arms. They got pitching up and down the rotation. We talk about Darvish, Blake Snell, Dennis and LeMay, all right, Chris Paddock, okay. Um, 
those guys are going to do some things. And then they got some guys that are on the come up. Mackenzie Gore, he's coming, and, and, and he's getting ready to come. So they're going along with the Machados of the world. And we didn't even begin to talk about Fernando Tatis yet. Okay, that team is, is, is going to give the Dodgers some problems this year. Trust and believe it. The Padres are going to give the Dodgers some problems this season. Trust and believe it. They learned a lot last year. I think that rivalry kind of, you know, it, 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 the seeds were planted. The seeds were planted for something serious going on in the National League West. And I think, you know, if the Padres are going to, you know, be, you know, show and prove that they're serious about competing with the Dodgers, they're going to have to really, you know, they're going to have to play well, especially against the Dodgers. They can play well against everybody else, and if they can't beat the Dodgers, what does it mean? You know? So, speaking of the Dodgers, I think, you know, they added, you know, um, Trevor Bauer to their situation, you know? Um, they're keeping their starters fresh because, you know, the Dodgers have averaged 12 starting pitchers a, a year, all right? during their eight-year stretch of National League West titles. Um, they got, you know, pitchers up to yin-yang, okay? Their rotation is crazy, all right? Um, they've got, you know, Walker Bueller to go with Clayton Kershaw, to go with, you know, uh, 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 Trevor Bauer, Julio Arias. Um, they're going to put David Price in the bullpen. He's going to start the season off in the bullpen. So what are we talking about with that as far as the Dodgers are concerned? Um are they focused on a repeat, be the, you know, the first National League team to repeat as World Series champions since the 1975-76 Cincinnati Reds? You know, so, again, I think that, you know, with the Dodgers, it is what it is with them. You know, the Dodgers are going to, you know, do what they do, man. But I think this year um, the Padres have to serve notice. All right? So um, we'll talk about the National League divisions, and we'll talk about, uh, what we think as far as the playoffs are concerned. The National League, man, I look at the National League and I say, boom, you got National League East, the Atlanta Braves. They're, you know, really the best team in that division. Okay, you can talk about the Mets if you want. You can talk about Washington if you want. You know what I mean? But I think you're stretching it a little bit. You talk about Philly and the Marlins. Those teams aren't ready. Atlanta's the best team in that division. So Atlanta wins the National League East. National League Central, St. Louis, period. They might win that division by 10, 15 games. National League West. I want to I, I say San Diego, but I, I, I'm not going to jump out the window. The Dodgers still going to have the lockdown in that division unless something, um, something really, really bad happens as far as the Dodgers are concerned. And, and the Padres are going to have to make life miserable for the Dodgers. If they can get, I think if the Padres can, you know, make it the last weekend of the season where the division is up to grabs, then the Dodgers will know that they've been in, you know, they've been in a fight. You know, the Dodgers are expecting the Padres to give them some problems during the season. They are. They, they, they're not sleeping on San Diego. They're going to give the, you know, they're going to expect the Padres to be right there with them to give them some, some competition this year, as they should. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, the Dodgers are thinking that they're going to go away. And I think that the Padres are going to have to show and prove that they're not going to go away. Fernando Tatis has to, you know, really, you know, earn that $314 million. Okay, even though it's a 14-year 14, uh, 14 contract, 14-year 14 deal, 14-year deal, 
I mean, you know, he, he proved that he wants to be a Padre. So now he's got nothing to lose now. Go out there and get this thing done and bring some respectability to, to, to what's happening in, in, in San Diego. So Atlanta's going to win the division. St. Louis is going to win the division. And Dodgers is going to win the division. Give me San Diego and the Mets as wild cards. All right? And we'll probably have to, uh, have to revise that during the season. You know my my points during the season when we talk, you know about um, things that we're going, what, what what's going on as far as baseball is concerned. Memorial Day, okay, the Fourth of July, all right, and September first. Those are those are those are our points during the season where we kind of you know mold and shape the baseball season. All right, so again, it's Atlanta in the National League East. It's St. Louis in the National League Central, and it's the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League West, okay? And uh, we're going to have the um, Mets and the Padres as the wild cards, all right? So let's get into the American League. The American League East, Baltimore Orioles, man, you know, I think the biggest thing for them this season as far as, you know, um, what they're going to do besides um, try to develop the youngsters that they have is to welcome back Trey Mancini. All right? You know, he was dealing with stage three colon cancer. Um, so he's, you know, decided to come back, play first base. And I think that's a great thing for him. And, and the Baltimore Orioles, that's to give them some inspiration going into the season. I don't think that, you know, um, their goal should be not to lose 100 games. I think that should be the goal for the Baltimore Orioles this year, not to lose 100 games. Um, the Boston Red Sox, I think, you know, they've, you know, Alex Cora is back, you know, um, at the helm for the Red Sox. I think, um, you know, he's rebuilding with some young players, all right, um, since, you know, he had those teams that were, <clears throat> excuse me, cheating uh, back in the days. More than half or 40 of those guys are, you know, new to what's going on in Boston. Um, again, I think that, you know, this season, you know, they're going to go through it this season. But they, what they didn't go through last year, what they were supposed to go through last year, them and the Houston Astros, they're going to deal with it this season. They didn't forget. Nobody forgot. And I think that um, the Red Sox, man, I think a, a major accomplishment for them would be to win 80 games this year. I think a major accomplishment for Boston is, would be for them to win 80 games. Um, the New York Yankees. Let me talk about my team for a minute. Um, my expectations for them are not as high as they've been in prior seasons. The reason being is because I know what we have, one of the most devastating lineups up and down, one through nine in baseball. We got one of the you know, nicest pitching staffs in baseball. Can't get it done. A lot of expectations, they don't show up. This year, I'm going to temper that. I'm, I'm going to let them come to me. I'm, I'm a Yankee fan through and through, hard body karate. But, again, I don't want to jump out the window. I've been saying Yankees want to win the World Series. Bob will tell you, Yankees don't win the World Series. Yankees don't win the World Series. Yankees don't win the World Series. Yankees haven't been in the World Series since 2009. So we start to turn into one of those regular teams now. And this is not, this is not 
tolerated by Yankee fans. Look how many times you said the Bucks were going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. But I didn't jump out the window and say, yeah, right, saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl and they let me down. Nah. I just wanted them to win, you know, eight games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, when it comes to the Yankees, man, um, you know, this could be the American League's deepest lineup, like we mentioned. You know, DJ LeMayu at the top. We got power up and down. John, you know, the, you know the half. John Carlos Stan in there and Judge. You know the deal. Now you guys got to show up. Um, after Garrett Cole, as far as the pitching, the rotation is concerned, you know, I don't know what we're going to get out of Corey Kluber. I don't know what we're going to get out of Jamison Taylor. I don't know what we're going to get out of Jordan Montgomery. I don't know what we're going to get out of Davey Garcia. I just hope that, you know, we're good enough to, you know, um, compete, be strong. I mean, we're going to win 90-plus games, you know, but I'm just hoping that we can, you know, um, throw some scares into some people, make some people respect it. I don't think people respect the Yankees, if that makes sense. Um, The Toronto Blue Jays. This is the team that I'm interested in seeing. They added George Springer. These young guys are, you know, the the the, the um, Guerrero Juniors, the Biggios, the Bichettes, the Guriel Juniors. These guys have another year of experience under their belt. They got pitching in Toronto. Yunjin Ru, Robbie Ray, Tanner Rock, Stephen Matz, even though Stephen Matz pitched garbage for the Mets last year. But Kirby Yates, who's going to be probably out for the year, was a big, big blow to them. Because I think that they had, you know, or, you know, enough to, you know, really, really, really throw a scare into what the Yankees, you know, were going to try to do or do this year. But I think um, this team had the potential to kind of win 90 games. You know what I mean? Make at least September exciting. Um, but we'll get into that later on. All right. The um, – Tampa Bay Rays, you know, they, they went back to the future. They got Chris Archer back. They signed Michael Walker. You know, um, this is one of the, you know, the most inventive teams in baseball that they figure it out, and they beat you the way they beat you. They don't really add a lot of, you know, free agency money and things of that nature. They just add bits and pieces, and they get to the World Series. Um, they got to find some production behind the plate. Mike Zanino, Francisco Mejia, they got to figure it out. Um, Zanino was, you know, that guy that we've been talking about for a few years now. Um, he came up big last year, you know, during the run in October. Um, Mejia was a switch hitter, okay. Um, he, he is part of that that package they got in the, in the Blake Snell trade. So hopefully those, those guys can make some things happen. But Tampa Bay is going to be all right, but they're going to take a step back. All right, I think they're going to take a step back this year. All right, let's move on to the American League Central. All right, American League Central. You talk about the American League Central, um, the Minnesota Twins. People aren't talking about them like they used to the last couple of years. It's because of the emergence um, of the Chicago White Sox. Um, 
all those years that the Minnesota Twins were, you know, talk about, you know, they added Josh Donaldson, they added some things, and they had, you know, Kepler, and, you know, Nelson Cruz was hitting home runs, you know, all over the place. That lineup was 340-plus home runs. The pitching was decent. They couldn't get nothing done in the playoffs. So I think now people are kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, cool on the Minnesota Twins. Um, Byron Buxton has to get busy. He has to get back to, to you know, to his – to his to his great play, um, I think that you know he's going to have to be a little bit more durable. Um, Josh Donaldson's going to have to stay fresh. Okay, they have already they already have a full time DH and Nelson Cruz. All right, so Donaldson's going to have to get out there and play some third base. They added they added Anderson Simmons from the Angels. All right, um, they're going to you know make some things happen, but Minnesota is going to have to earn their respect because the Kansas City Royals are on the come up. All right, they they added some things. So to go along with what they have, I think one of the, the most underrated players that you never hear about um, is uh, Whit Merrifield. Okay, he's he, he's decent. I like his game, man. But they don't talk about him a lot. He plays for the Royals. Um, I think that when you talk about what Kansas City is doing, their team that right now is trying to find themselves, they added Carlos Santana, some veteran presence in that lineup. Uh, Salvador Perez is going to have to come back from his injuries and stuff like that. Andrew Benatendi. This is a show and prove year for this kid, you know what I mean? Because he, you know, he hit, you know, hit in the in the middle of a, a very, 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 very good lineup in Boston. Now he's going to be in Kansas City, and and, and he's going to have to play now. Now he's going to have to really, you know, show who he is as a ball player. We talked about that earlier. All right, um, the Detroit Tigers, you know, their biggest thing is, you know, hopefully they don't lose a hundred games. Um, you know, have a respectable finish to Miguel Cabrera's career. Um, and let, but let AJ Hinch get some karma though. Let him go through a twenty-eight loser streak. Let him get some karma. But I don't really feel like they, they, they those guys, the AJ Hinches or the 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 Coras, they they really you know dealt with any karma in this particular situation in regards to cheating. That's a heavy deal. You know what I mean? So they just feel like, oh, let's let's get put it past us. Nah, nah. Because people are still upset about that, but as far as the Detroit Tigers are concerned, um, they can't do anything without a solid rotation. All right, and so what they have right now is not solid at all. So that says all you need to know about what's going on in Detroit. Um, Cleveland, they they got rid of you know one of their biggest pieces in Francisco Lindor. They added you know Amad Amar- Rosario for the Mets to replace uh, you know Francisco Lindor. Um, we'll see how that works out. They have pitching. They have pitching in Cleveland. Shane Bieber. They have pitching. Okay. Um, he won the American League Cy Young Award last year. Uh, again, you know, he allowed 14 earned runs and 12 starts. He struck out 122 batters and 77 in the third. Um, pitched to a 1.63 ERA. So I think that, um, you know, over, you know, 162 games, it's going to be hard to maintain that. But I think that again, Cleveland Cleveland has pitching. So do they have enough pitching to contend? I don't know. But do they have enough pitching to get them over five hundred? Absolutely, absolutely. So that that that's what the situation is in Cleveland. Um, the Chicago White Sox. We mentioned earlier in the show, Eloy Jimenez, you know, was out because of um, towards pectoral muscle. Um, trying to trying to play, trying to play hard, but things happen. Um, 
looking forward to uh, getting Tony LaRusa back into, you know, the stride of things. And he was a manager in Chicago from, you know, 1979, you know, back when the, the Ron Kittle days, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, he was, he, he he's back in strides. Now he's got a new, you know, a whole new, you know, uh, generation of ball players that he has to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, um, familiarize himself with. And I think he's going to do that. The White Sox are, are good. The White Sox are very, very good. They added Lance Lynn um, in, in the trade with the Texas Rangers. So you put him behind Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel. All right? um, to add on with Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech, they got, they got a situation going on in Chicago. Um, the American League West, Houston Astros. All right, um, they've got to replace George Springer. Okay, um, they got to find a leadoff hitter because they had to replace George Springer, uh, who's been their leadoff hitter since you know 2016. Um, they got to you know get some things going on off the bench. That bench is very weak, and um, they'll, they'll figure it out. They still you know have a, a pretty decent lineup with the Bregmans and Al Tuves of the world, with Carlos Correa and those guys. But I think that the Houston Astros are, are going to get some heavy competition this year, man, from when they, within their division. Um, the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani is going to be the key to what they're doing. He's killing the ball in spring training. Remember last year? Part itself. Remember last year in spring training when Otani was getting bombed? Um, this year he's, he's doing his thing. Um I think the Angels are going to be a team to watch. They have to find a reliable closer, though. They led baseball last year with 14 blown saves. But they traded for Rafael Iglesias, who um, had eight saves last year with Cincinnati. So I think um, they're going to, you know, if they find some, some people to close these games out and, and Mike Trout can and, you know, do his thing and really show, um, you know, that he, he, he can lead a team to a postseason berth, then we'll, we'll see what happens as far as the Angels are concerned. Um, the Oakland A's, they have a team that is ready to break out. Okay, Bob Melvin is in his 11th year. Um, I think that, you know, they they won the division last year on the strength of, you know, what they, they had on the mound. Um, those guys, you know, the two guys offensively, the Mets, Chapman and Olsen, those guys didn't you know, do anything last year. They set career lows and average. Okay, Chapman missed the last month of the year, you know, because his hip was hurt. Um, so again, you know, he's got those guys to get back to those to their Gold Glove form, and um, hopefully, Oakland could be a team that can contend with uh, those top teams in that American League West. Um, Seattle Mariners, man, the Mariners are going to do some things, man, but they got to figure it out. They got James Paxton back. Hopefully, he can. You know, do some things. He wasted two years in, in, with the Yankees, but it'll be all right. Texas Rangers, man, they got to figure it out too as well, man. I'm interested in seeing tomorrow how, how that stadium is going to look packed with all those people. Um, America the East, the Yankees are going to win the America the East. The um, Chicago White Sox are going to win, win the America League Central. And the Los Angeles Angels are going to win the America League West. Los Angeles Angels. The wild cards are going to be the Houston Astros and the Toronto Blue Jays. All right. Um, the World Series, 
Well, American League Championship is going to be the Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. National League Championship is going to be the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. World Series is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees. There you have it. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees. Once again, it's on. Really on. And I think that, again, um, I'm going to let it come to me. I'm going to let it come to me, man. I'm not going to jump out the window if they don't do it. I'm expecting them to to make some noise this year. And this is the year that, you know, you sleep on them. is the year that they come through and make some things happen. So who knows what it is and who knows what it's going to be. But I think that, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees are going to be in the World Series. All right, we're going to do the NHL scores, the three-minute rant, and then we're going to get out of here for tonight, man. This is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. And um, this was a good one tonight, man. I had, I had some fun doing it. Um, Toronto leads Winnipeg 3-1 to one in the third period. All right. Um, Buffalo leads Philadelphia 4-1 to one third period. Arizona and Colorado no score in the first period. The Kings and the Golden Knights no score. They dropped the puck at 10 o'clock. Minnesota is in San Jose at 10.30. Calgary in Vancouver postponed. All right. So that's what's up with that. Um, let me get some NBA popping right quick. Some NBA popping right quick, man. Because I want to talk about this thing as far as going on. With, when you talk about um, trying to stack these teams up, you know, I think when you when when you try to you know force the issue like Adam Silver is doing, you know having all these you know super teams and everybody stacked up and decks stacked against everybody is it's really crazy when you try to you know um, force a championship instead of just let them just play it out. You know, um, you know, Brooklyn stacking up, you know, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, what else you want to do? You know, so I think when you talk about what's going on as far as the NBA is concerned, yeah, a lot of people talking about they lose interest in the NBA. You know, they lose interest. And I don't blame them. You know, I don't understand really what, what this is about. Um, but I guess they have to, you know, get the money, you know. Um, they, you know, we talk about Brooklyn. They they got Lamarcus Aldridge, um, but when this team fires on all cylinders, it's going to be interesting to see how Lamarcus Aldridge even fits into this team without Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? So I don't know how that's going to work out, but um, they'll probably they'll probably figure it out. Um, Utah, they didn't make any deadline deals, but they, you know, you know, did what they had to do to keep their record, um, you know, really pristine. It's at 35 and 11. Donovan Mitchell is back on his game, you know, uh, averaging almost 32 points, right, doing his thing. But um, I think when you talk about a team like, you know, the, the 76ers or, who really, you know, held firm on their offer for Kyle Lowry, but it really wasn't enough for Toronto. And they ended up with, you know, George Hill. You know, but I mean that. You know, that's not a bad constellation prize. You know, but they've got, they've really got to you know make some things happen with Joel Embiid being out. You know, the Seventy Sixes, right? So that's what that is, man. A little basketball talk in the building before we get up out of here, man. Three minute rant. Um, 
The three-minute rant tonight, man, I just want to talk about tomorrow, man, tomorrow, Major League Baseball, um, April 1st, you know, and, and, and it's always, you know, can't wait for opening day. Yankees tomorrow have the first game against the Toronto Blue Jays at 105. We're just, you know, excited about the first pitch of a, of a brand-new season. Um, but, again, like I said, to me, this season is going to be, you know, more special than than most because, again, man, I think that, um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, between now and October 3rd, you don't know what you're going to get as far as baseball. But you know you're going to get, you know, 162 games, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, and um, we'll see, man, because this, this, this pandemic thing that we're in, man, it's just like um, going up against, you know, we're battling fate. You know, and you don't want to really battle fate because you see how this thing has turned out. You know, and um, you, you hear the numbers are going back up and stuff like that. And you know, it's about to be a, you know summertime. The weather's about to get nice, stuff like that. People want to get out, and um, you know, you want to go to a baseball game. You know, but um, again, at the at the expense of you know players being healthy and their families and stuff like that. You don't really want to risk that, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not really a big fan of that. But uh, they got to do what they got to do. That's why I think that this season is, is going to be, you know, different. I'm, I, you don't know what to expect. I'm excited to see it. baseball is back. And you got to love it, man. You got to love it. And I hope all you sports heads, man, um, can handle this. Because we got baseball, basketball, hockey, right? Right? The Final Four, Right? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff going on, man. So I just wanted to talk to that. Um, I appreciate everybody that checks out the show, man. I appreciate y'all all the time. You already know what it is. Shout out to Devin and Warren Sports, man. Shout out to my people, man, Um, in the room, man. You already know what we do. Um, After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, Wednesday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Check me out every weekend, man, Friday, Saturdays, and Sunday nights. No knockoffs radio. I got my crew in the building. We do what it do. I am on Twitter at RMDES. Get at me, man. We got some music coming, man. Make sure you check us out. And uh, basically that, thanks to my man, PBJ, a.k.a. Pretty Bob James, a.k.a. Ubiquitous Bob James, for holding me down behind the boards. And uh, we're going to get out of here, man. We'll talk to you all next Wednesday night. All right? Let's go.